Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 41st dose. Whoa, that's a tongue twister. The 41st, first, first dose, 41st dose, and it's called How I Got the Job. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I believe in magic. I believe in the wonder and mystery and amazing things in life. And I think we can create situations where they are more likely to appear. We can have magic tricks and we can have, yeah, just more openness to wonder and to things flowing more smoothly and more enjoyably. So I talk about some of that here on this show and I'm making this particular podcast because I've been thinking about the maybe unconventional ways that I have ended up with different jobs. And for a long time, I have had many jobs on the go. That's probably the amount of like fingers and different pies that I have going right now might be at an all-time high. Um, and I really enjoy the like networking and the ways that different job opportunities come to me through unconventional means. And... So I thought I'd share you, with you some of those stories in hopes that it, well, one, I think it will, they will be fun to tell because they make me smile. And I hope that they're inspiring in not only if you're looking for a job, but if you're like on the hunt for anything, like it could be a relationship, a friendship, an object, a job, a car, uh, that there's just like lots of ways that things can come into our lives not through the like usual means so by usual means of getting a job would be like see a job posting send in a resume and I've gotten a few jobs that way but maybe like maybe one maybe two not very many in all the jobs different jobs I've had so I want to tell you some of the other ways you can get a job or that I have gotten a job these are not in chronological order uh, and it also give you a sampling of some of the things I've done for money. So for probably about, th- oh, the other thing that's interesting about my job history is that I don't tend to kind of like cleanly end a job. And I'm proud of this in the sense that uh, I don't leave on bad terms. So the general way to, to get a job and get more jobs or opportunities of any kind is to have a good reputation. Like, a reputation goes so far. Uh, so whatever you want to be known for. And and that, like, I am a big proponent of the intertwining of different things in my life. Like, I, I don't have, um, I don't keep, like, all my departments separate. I actually really enjoy the crossing over. Like, I enjoy being on, like, social terms with my employer. I, like working with friends. I like having a job that I'm, that I feel like I can be myself at. In fact, if I can't feel like I can be myself, I don't take the job. So, uh, like the intertwining. So therefore my reputation from in one department, like I want it to bleed over into others. I want, I want who I am in one department of my life to transfer over so that I could be hired by a friend so that I could I could employ a friend so that I 
could be referenced from you know a job at a coffee shop over to uh, another field of work because this this cross-pollination has just so many more oppor- opportunities than just kind of one more or one like straight line path okay so I worked for oh yeah so often when I end a job it's not like a clean ending I just sort of like phase out sometimes I go back for like there's been jobs where like two or three years later I'll still be able to to go back to it in this one I was the personal support worker for a woman the same age as me and I worked with her for maybe maybe two or three years and then could still like come back and do the occasional sort of odd job shift with her um, for many years afterwards and I got that job because I was friends with the family and because I grew up with a foster sister with special needs and so I didn't have any formal training for the job I hadn't gone to any courses I after they hired me I had to go and get my first aid training I did not have a resume for the job well if I did it would have said hey, I grew up with a sister in a similar situation, so I know what's up. I know how to handle this. I'm good at it. That was my resume. And then that was perfect for the job. Like it was, it was all about who I am and my ability to, to pay attention and care for somebody. I got a job once because I picked up a price tag off the floor. <laughs> I had one of my first like out of the house except for babysitting jobs was working for a women's consignment store like clothing consignment uh, in my hometown and I don't remember how I got that job but after working there for a few years I understood how consignment works and typically in a consignment store the price tag on the clothing has the information like a coded number as to who consigned it because it's actually still the property of the person who brought it to the store and then the store takes a percentage and the person who brought it in gets a percentage of the sale so the tag is like even more important than in a usual clothing store the price tag falls off in a clothing store you know you just look at the other one that's the same thing and put the tag back on it's the same price but in a consignment store each piece is unique and so if the price tag falls off, you don't know whose account the money should get credited to. So my boyfriend and I were walk were shopping at, this is like 10, 12, 12 years ago probably. We were shopping in the local uh, sports consignment store, which was a very cool store. Um, it was in its first few years at the time. And as we're looking around, I see a price tag on the floor. And I picked it up and I gave it to the presumably the owner and I said hey like you probably need this I know it's important and he just was like oh thanks hey you want a job and I'm pretty sure he was like maybe joking like but I I listened to what he said and I looked at him and I said well yeah maybe like let's talk about it (laughs) and so we talked about it I explained my experience and why I knew the price tag was important and I got hired on part-time and that story still cracks me up. And the store is, I don't work there anymore, but it's just taken off and it's still a fantastic place. I was in there this morning. Uh, which led to another job a few years later because the owner of that store and the owner of a startup coffee shop grocery store were talking about the challenges of starting a small business. 
and lamenting that it's hard to find people good employees. And one of them said to the other, like, Lindsay's working for me and she's great, but actually she lives closer to your store. So maybe we can share her. And so they passed on my name and basically like headhunted me, but gave permission to like share. And so I started working for the grocery store coffee shop too. And then eventually moved over to that because it was a better fit in location and they, you know, didn't need me as much at the sporting store with their team situation at the time. All because of a price tag on the floor. Okay, there's this thing locally called Craigslist. I'm not sure in your country if there's a similar thing, but it's like an online classifieds and it's super simple. Like it has no fancy graphics, no ads. There's, uh, you get like weird ads and people are afraid of it sometimes because of people like flaking and not showing up when they say. But with a little bit of awareness and some protocol, like making sure you talk on the phone with the person, you can avoid lots of bad situations and get lots of really good situations. So I've been blessed with lots of things through Craigslist, including my current office job. Uh, Yeah, and like the furniture that I'm sitting on in my studio, so many things, thanks to Craigslist. And one of the more bizarre ones, of late is that so I I peruse the like um, the housing classifieds of like you know places for rent places for sublet just to kind of like keep a pulse on what's going on in my town and the sublets ones are particularly interesting to me because sometimes I fantasize about just trying out a house for you know like a month or two because usually I'm really happy with where I live but sometimes it's fun to play at something else And as I'm looking in that section, I recognized one of the houses because it was an Airbnb that I'd stayed in. Because that's the other thing I do around here. Because I live in a tiny trailer house, sometimes I miss uh, like a big bath or like internet at home so I can binge on a movie. And things that I usually, like usually I'm really happy to not live in a big house, but sometimes I just want to taste a bit. So... I figured out that I can just rent an Airbnb, even in my hometown, and I don't have to go on a trip, and I can satisfy that uh, urge. Anyways, so on the uh, sublet section, I saw the house that I sometimes rent on Airbnb. And lots of people like cross-list things, of course. And the price for a month was out of my budget, but I thought, man, it would be so lovely to stay there for longer. And so I wrote to the host whose personal contact I had from staying there. And I said, hey, I noticed that you are like, you must be going away because your house is listed for a whole month. And I'm just wondering if like if I can help with this situation, because if you don't end up renting it for a whole month, you might need to turn it over to different tenants and you'll need somebody to clean it while you're away. And I could do that for you. <laughs> and... She wrote back and was like, wow, actually, that would be so helpful because, like, we haven't got any inquiries for the full month yet, and uh, otherwise we wouldn't be able to rent it out at all. So it worked out that I they got two different rentals. I cleaned it in the middle. I got to stay over there for free and get paid to clean it. And that has led to two other cleaning jobs since. <laughs> and it was all because I was just, like, noticed an ad and 
had the, maybe it's gumption to reach out. A lot of the ways I get jobs is by like daring to just like not, not in a pushy way, but sort of just make it known that I would be available to help. Um, yeah, like, hey, I could, it looks like you're going to need that. Could I help you with that? Uh, that there's, there's lots of opportunities if you just sort of speak up and say, and I happen to be maybe unusually confident that I can make something better, even if I haven't done it before. If I think it's within my range of, of possibilities, I'll just say, yeah, I could do that. And I learn on the go. Uh, okay. There's just a few more. I hope you're still enjoying these. Although if you're not, you could probably just have stopped listening by now. Okay. Uh, I recently got the opportunity to clean out an estate house of someone who had recently died. I've spoken about that on the Sunny Sampain episode, I believe. Uh, and I got that job because of my answering machine message. So rewinding a bit further back, about a year and a half ago, I was asked to do, uh, like perform a funeral for a woman who'd passed away and I knew the family a bit and I hadn't done one before, but I had done some other kind of serve like spiritual services. So, um, I was honored to do that and I actually really enjoyed giving, providing that for the family. And I guess my funeral leading style is kind of unusual. Um, and so the funeral home director was like, wow, like that was, that was a really this sounds weird to say, but that was a really great funeral. <laughs> like that was really um, unique and touching. And like, would you do that again? And I said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Like I, I would be happy to offer this to your clients. So he took down my name and number and I actually haven't received a referral from the funeral home for a funeral. However, when they called like a year later to check and see that my phone number was still right, I didn't answer the phone. It's a good thing I didn't answer the phone because they left a message and on my answering machine it said, uh, you've reached Lindsay Celeste, the house fairy. Because house fairy is what I call the sort of area of my services where I deal with houses, like cleaning them, organizing them, and also cleaning out estates. So when the funeral director left a message, he heard that. And then when I called him back, he said, oh yeah, like what's up with this house fairy thing? What is that? Um, is it like, are you actually cleaning a house? Or are you just sort of like, like spiritually making it better? <laughs> and I said, um, all of the above, like, yeah, every, probably everything you're thinking of when you think house fairy, I could do. And so he took, he took note of that, that I could also help with estate clearing. And, uh, so I got a job from that maybe a month or two later and I would like more of those I really yeah I thought it was interesting and helpful to get to help the family through that like the physical transition that goes with a death and yeah it's something I want to do more of so also what I'm learning is that in all these different opportunities that I'm exploring and because of all these unconventional ways I get jobs 
um, I also get to learn about what what I enjoy and what I'm good at and I've taken jobs that I like for a little while and then I don't like them I've taken jobs that I'm really good at and I don't want to do <laughs> I've taken jobs that I'm not that good at and I do want to do um, but the variety has really taught me a lot um, my boyfriend and I were talking the other day about how we're not sure we could ever go back to university and I I finished an associate's degree but not a uh, bachelor's degree so I've done sort of probably four years but not consecutively uh, and at one point I thought that was a big failure or um, or like not so much a failure as like not having yet achieved the thing I was supposed to uh, but when I think about all I've learned through these different jobs and the variety of skills that I feel confident in offering uh, I don't feel at a loss yeah and the last one I'm going to tell you about is uh, I, for a few years my main job was making big commissioned like textile art pieces and actually I'm really excited that I just got another one to work on and I haven't done one in a few years and I was just ironing away on the prep for it um, just before I started this but uh, one of those the second one I got uh, was like second commissioned and these are like large several thousand dollar pieces uh, large as in like size and time and money and the second one I got was because I decided to like turn something around so I had had this extremely frustrating afternoon with a rich man whom we'll call hmm, it's always hard to come up with pseudonyms that aren't going to be problematic uh, let's <laughs> I'm struggling on this one okay we'll go with Jerry so I had spent the afternoon with Jerry and my boyfriend at the time and another friend uh, and Jerry talked the entire time about basically his toys. Like he was just showing off his toys and his money. And he was only talking, like only looking, making eye contact with the two men. My boyfriend at the time and uh, his friend. And not with me. And I was getting so upset. Like so angry. And like really confused as to how how could I be so invisible in this conversation? Like it was, it was offensive. And I, by the time we left and I'd like seen his toys and heard about his money in like this show offy way that I hadn't experienced before, <laughs> I was so pissed. And I remember just like ranting. There was like a long drive home and I just like, I was so mad like, I was, like, crying, flailing mad. Yeah, the energetics of that encounter were awful for me. Anyways, so, like, fast forward maybe a year or more, and I was working on one quilt, the first big commission I got, and I thought, man, this is such a great job. I love doing this. How can I get another one of these? <laughs> and then I thought, oh, wait, how did I end up with this one in the first place? And then I remembered the only reason I had felt it possible to get paid to make a quilt and not paid like a 
craft shop amount of like $150, but like a lot of money for an elaborate quilt that was would take a really long time was because of this rich man named Jerry who had told us in his show off about this mural he'd commissioned in his garage. And he was so stoked about this mural and he, in his boasting, had explained that he'd hired somebody at a like construction worker wage for six months to paint this mural and he said it like it was like totally no problem and like of course like you you just hire an artist to do your thing and as I was making the first quilt I realized that him saying that was the reason I had felt confident to solicit the first customer and I thought wow I really have Jerry to thank for this job and Not only do I have Jerry to thank, but maybe Jerry wants a quilt for his garage. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, what, of course, what you need beside, besides, beside a mural that you've hired somebody for six months to paint, you need a quilt that you hired somebody for multiple months to paint, right? Like, or to quilt. That's what goes beside it. And so I wrote him this email that said, I was really grateful And I thanked him for the conversation and what he'd expanded me to understand was possible. And I said, I noticed in like your garage gallery that you don't have any fabric pieces and I'd like to make you one. (laughs) And he wrote back and he's like, how can I resist? Of course. And then when I showed up, oh, this cracks me up. When I showed up to like talk with him about what he wanted, one... I noticed that when I was the only one there, he, he like talked to me and made eye contact, which was a treat. He still wanted to talk about himself and his toys just about as much. Uh, and he, the image that he wanted me to work with was this huge skull and crossbones, or it was a skull and crossbones piece that he wanted like magnified to be like five feet by seven feet. And I looked at it and I remember saying, I don't think I'll talk about this quilt with my grandma. <laughs> because the way that the skull was composed, the like bones made it say fuck shit up in the skull and crossbones. Anyways, it's like a t-shirt icon that he wanted made into this huge wall hanging. I took the job and I made this epic fuck shit up uh, like skull and crossbones that glowed from behind and had lyrics to his favorite songs. And it was like, It was a stunning piece of art that I have no interest in ever, like, having in any zone of mine. But he was, like, he was thrilled about it. And it was so fun to make something that was meaningful to him. And also in the process, I learned to appreciate him as, like, a person. As, like, a person with a story and, you know, some sore spots. And I got to understand why Skull and crossbones were important to him and the symbol that I just like written off as some teenage angsty thing took on like depth and meaning to him and to or the meaning that he has with it I could see and then express in the piece back to him um yeah and it went from you know an afternoon when I was really angry to like he probably employed me for the equivalent of I don't I don't actually remember how many months but yeah a significant portion of employment was thanks to thanks to Jerry and yeah I just feel really like warm and grateful now and smiling when I think of that whole scenario um so that's one way to get a job 
is to uh, think about the person who makes you really, really angry. And then if there's a service, maybe you want to offer them. And maybe it'll turn everything around. Yeah. So I have a lot of different projects on the go. And I'm thinking a bit about how to hone in on the ones I really want to be doing. And I'm also experimenting and figuring it out as I go. And I hope that in hearing some of my stories of how I got different jobs, you maybe you laughed and also that you feel inspired to uh, be open to unconventional ways of things coming into your life. And maybe you'll see that moment just to, to speak up a little bit more, to say like, hey, here's the price tag, or, or to solicit somebody for some way that you see the connection unfolding. There's, I think, some fear around being too like pushy or creepy, but if you're genuine and like, if you're actually not a person who is pushy or creepy, you can say a lot of like forward things and it'd be okay. Uh, if you, an expression that's just come back to me this week is expression of like, read the room. I love that expression. Just read the room. Like as in like, gauge when it's the right moment, gauge the mood, uh, gauge the interaction. And I believe that if you read the room, you can actually be quite clear and forward in what you're offering, and there's more opportunities available. Yeah, and that can bring magic. It can bring amazing, interesting, funny opportunities. Yeah, so that's that. I have a few, they're not, maybe they're almost businessy things about the podcast. Uh, one, I love when I hear from you guys. Thank you for reaching out when you do and telling me what you think, what you listen to, if you're new to listening to this. Yeah, please come say hello. You can either leave a voice note at the, there's a link at the bottom of the episodes on Anchor, I believe. Uh, You can message me on Instagram at magicforrealists, or you can email me through my website, which is magicforrealists.ca. Now the request part. Uh, some of what kind of quite a few of you have been listening to this for quite a long time, so you kind of have a gist of what it's about. And I would really appreciate if you could leave me a review. If you could do a star review thing on the podcast player that you use, I would really appreciate it. Uh, there are much less reviews than people listening and I would love to have those two numbers get closer because then when somebody comes across the show they can kind of know from somebody other than me what what it feels like to listen so please leave me a review and actually only leave me a review if you like the show if you don't like it um just stop listening and then we'll all be better um so please leave me a nice review and five stars and there was something else that was... Oh, yeah. And I'd also love it if you shared it with somebody else. I don't know what my goal was as far as reach of how many people would listen to this. I think making a numbers goal is kind of strange. Because it's more that I want people who actually connect with this and find it fun or useful to be the ones listening. So, but I am asking that if you know somebody else in your life, if this made you smile or you found it helpful, any of these episodes... Could you share it with somebody who you also think would would vibe with it? That would uh, that would be great, and then maybe we can spread some more magic. So thank you very much for that. 
And if you're interested in putting a sort of like a tip, if you had listened to this like it was a show and you wanted to tip the musician, then you can become a Patreon supporter through my Patreon account. And that's more business stuff than I usually say at the end. Yeah, thanks for listening. And until next time, I hope you experience some magic in the real world. Bye for now.